This week on Erotic Awakening, post-COVID community and naughty revival. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We want to thank all of our latest patron supporters. Head over to patreon.com slash eroticawakening today and get your bonus content and support the show. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to Arizona. So, well, we just made it in last night and then finished driving this morning. It's been a long weekend. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But I do want to start off by saying I am happy to not need a jacket anymore. Indeed. So landed in Minnesota on Friday and definitely had to pull the jackets out. And then back in Arizona. And then back in Arizona. No jackets needed. Where I just had to turn off the air conditioner. Not Uh, because it wasn't needed, but because we were recording. So, Dawn, this is the first time that we have flown in a little bit. And one of the things I noticed about flying was the complete, nearly complete lack of people wearing masks. Yeah, there was a few, but not many at all. Yeah, just just a few. And it kind of reminded me that it's not been that long ago that nearly everybody was wearing a mask all the time. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say we are officially in the land of post-COVID, but we're certainly close to everybody operating back to normal at this point. Or everybody at least acting as if, right? Now, when you and I, the last time that we actually ran anything for the community as in in events or groups... It was at the beginning of COVID, and, and that's when we shut down our stuff and right. we jumped on the road. Right. Probably the last thing that we officially led was March of 2020. That was the last event that we had at the Columbus Space. And we had, right after that, we canceled the stuff we had scheduled for May. So we don't know anything about the post-COVID community running events and things like that in the new landscape. Fortunately for us, today on the podcast, Stormy from Dallas-Fort Worth area is joining us, and they do know all about establishing new groups geared toward our situation in the post-COVID world. Stormy, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to be here, guys. And we are excited to have you on, and hello, because we actually have run into you on occasion. I think South Plains Leatherfest would have been the last time. But that would have been quite a number of years ago at this point. Well, I mean, technically, I don't know if you guys were there this year for 2023, but it was a blast. We're so excited for 2024, and we're actually one of the sponsors for South Plains. So whoop, whoop. it's been fun navigating this new landscape as what the leather community looks like now. Fantastic. So what does the leather community look like now? And what is the differences in the post-COVID world? Or is everybody just getting back to normal and everybody kind of pretends it never happened? Well, we're not normal, so you know that. (laughs) We're far from it. But as someone who is from a small town in East Texas, experiencing the Metroplex post-COVID was really all that I had, technically. I'd experienced a few bars pre-COVID, but my experience is very limited as to what the leather scene looked like prior to COVID. Okay. I went as far as I could in King and BDSM. Obviously, we all know they overlap, but then I finally found my leather community. And then, you know, finding what wasn't established and making it happen and building it and they will come pretty much is kind of my situation. But there's a lot more 
variety, we will put it that way, from my understanding for those who were involved in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex prior to COVID. So I've gotten to interview quite a few people and write down their stories, which is one of my favorite things to do besides put myself through the grind and run groups. But it's been really great to hear and put down these stories to be remembered. Now, now Dawn, you and I have been, I mean, obviously during the height of COVID, you and I did not do any presenting. Mm -hmm. And slowly as the, I mean, as legally people were allowed to hold events again, people started to have events. You and I have presented a couple times in events where masks were required, not just of everybody at the event, but for the presenters as well. That's an interesting challenge. Right. We've been through all of that as things started to open up again. But yeah, there was at least one event that we went to where we had to wear a mask while presenting, which was very difficult, but it was the legalities at the time and the preference of the event and the attendees. And that's what they had to do to start getting things moving again. And we even even recently have been to events where masks have been required and vaccines and all that type of stuff, a lot of things. So how have you been able to work around that? What's been what's been going on with that? Well, since we're in Arlington, well, maybe I should do a little spill about myself. I started Arlington Leather United or ALU, New Leather as a not TNG situation because a lot of our older leather people have pre, you know, preconceived ideas of what TNG means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I tried to take that out of the vocabulary and I wanted to create a space that wasn't there because prior to COVID, there was a new leather group ran by several of my community members, people I look up to, people who boot black and help me at these events. I literally couldn't do it without my community. But because of COVID, they had to shut down, right? And they just didn't want to pick it up. And we just kind of got to pass the torch somehow. And I was like, there's not this. There needs to be this. Our numbers are dwindling by the day. And so in Arlington, Texas, there's not really a mask mandate. In the state of Texas, obviously, it's really up to you. I still mask, you know, when I'm flying, when I'm in the grocery store, things like that. But as a group, we have not experienced anything like this. You know, we haven't experienced any people wearing masks. Most people will be vaccinated, but they won't talk about it. You know, it's a hush-hush situation from my experience. Does your group, Arlington Leather United, have a, any requirements? You must be masked. You must be vaccinated. You must have the latest booster. Well, no, we don't, actually. That's a, something that I, who is a believer in science and have all of my vaccines, we've kind of have just left it up to people's own risk profile. If they feel like they feel well enough, then they are welcome to come out to the bar. We host a bar night to incorporate bar culture and boot blacks. And then we also have a Feed the Queers event. Soup kitchens are kind of my shit. <laughs> I love feeding people, especially our community, because a lot of people don't really think about food and like feeding us when, you know, we're, we're planning these types of events. And I was noticing that munches really weren't accessible. So we feed people for free. We do not require a $5 cover charge or anything. We just come and eat. That's, that was a big deal for us, was to get across any barriers possible. And so, but yeah, honestly, we leave it up to people's risk profile. There's, I had COVID recently and I dodged it for three years. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had been ran over by a train. Mm -hmm. And I lost my grandfather to COVID. So this hits very close to home, right? So it's one of those things that if I don't feel well, I don't go out. I kind of, I don't know. If people are hacking up a storm and you're at my event, I will ask you to leave. Yeah. It's one of those things like 
if you are if you're coughing over everything and you're sneezing, you're making people feel uncomfortable. I've had multiple people approach me. I've never had to do that, but I have no problem doing so. Well, let me let me poke at that a little bit. Do it. I love playing devil's advocate. So you don't feel that it is as a and. You know, if you're running a group, then you also get to be labeled as a community leader. Therefore, it is not as a community leader. You don't have any responsibility to keep your community safe by requiring vaccinations or face mask. Sure. So I'm also going to play devil's advocate on this side. Since I don't own the venue and we're there for three hours, this is a public space where anyone is welcome. Hmm. There is no way that I can physically or mentally guard and or require everyone who is interacting with our table for prep and STD testing and condoms and all of the things that we provide as a group. And you know, I, I don't want to create an unwelcoming space. So I can't exactly, you know, I'm happy to post that in the event description that I have before. Never had an issue with it. Mm -hmm. But at this point in the community, and as we welcome new people in, vaccinations are a very common topic of conversation. You know, when on our first date a few weeks ago, I'm polyamorous. Are you vaccinated before we even meet? That is like the first topic of conversation. So I'm keeping myself safe by making sure that I'm vaccinated and I am trusting that other people in our community are doing the same. Mm -hmm. Cool. Which that is their choice. So my questions are going to revolve around what have you seen that is different in the leather community since COVID. So, and what I'm asking is, is that a lot of people found, they might not have found leather because leather to me is a feeling and it's not something that you really find online. You, you can find some stories, you can find some stuff, but like leather is a, is a feeling that you get when you go to a leather event or come across leather people. Anyway, so a lot of people have found kink, they have found BDSM, they have found polyamory online during COVID. Do you have a lot of these people coming to your leather events or, you know, your leather gatherings that are really new and have no concept of what that feeling is yet? Yes, we do. And we have a lot of situations where people are violating consent within the bar scene and or licking chairs that people have sat on. I've had very new conversations with new people who don't know what consent is. We're having to dumb down, for better lack of words, the lot of the, a lot of the things that we are very used to hearing, consent and negotiations and vetting. They have no clue what any of these are. Mm -hmm. you know? So we have to pretty much describe and share resources. And we've, we've become a hub for people who, how do, I, how do I find out more? And it's literally just watching how we interact. So when our boot blacks get there, we all help unload. Mm -hmm. Okay, when food gets there, we all help set up. Nobody is above at all. And so if they don't know what they just walked into, they will find out by the end of the night <laughs> because of just who we are. And you're right. Leather is a feeling. And a lot of people will ask, what is it? <laughs> put it into a sentence. And I was like, my friend, I wish I could. But every single person will tell you something different. Absolutely. And that's okay. And that's okay. My, where there's no one true way. I have no clue what I'm doing as a group leader. Mm -hmm. I'm a chaos coordinator. I hate to be labeled as a community leader. I'm not. I literally am just someone who is building something to pass it on. I'm not here to own this forever. And that's the difference between me and leaders. So that's how I feel about that. <laughs> the leather bureaucracy that has been built in the Dallas community, I think it's trash. 
that is something that I'm actively trying to work against is the politics of our community. And, you know, I've had people pull me aside. You are too much. You need to quiet mm. it down. I said, absolutely, absolutely not. How dare you? Right. Have you met me? <laughs> I am a firestorm. We are going to do it and we're going to do it as a non-binary trans individual who if femme is my default. I don't belong in these cis male letter spaces in Austin at the Eagle, you know, in these different pup spaces that I occupy. As even as a community leader, as somebody who puts this stuff on, I'm struggling, you know, even to find an own place within my community. So what would I would have wanted walking into this and I created. And so we're working with uh, Tarrant County to do testing. You know, <laughs> those are things that weren't really a thing before COVID. But now after COVID, everybody's really worried about germs. Mm-hmm. Everyone is worried about testing and everyone wants to see everybody's vaccine cards so they don't get COVID. And that's one big change that I've noticed. And that's really great. You know, without our our county officials, like we couldn't we couldn't provide testing to everyone for free. So working with all of the government agencies that are willing has been really fun post-COVID. Nice. I'm sure working with new people can be interesting. Some of the events that we've just been to recently, we've noticed the influx of new people. And I mentioned this, we just taught BDSM 101 over the weekend. And I'm like, you know, I need to add this to our 20-year-old note that people need to understand this is a culture. This is this environment has its own language. Mm-hmm. It has its own expectations. It's kind of like walking into an, an, a new whatever, right? A new country, a new fight club. Right. Yeah. And, and it's got its, its own rules and people are breaking the rules because you don't read about that online in your fanfic and your, you know, your other stuff. So or claiming and I'm breaking the rules and I'm breaking the rules in the most respectful way possible. However you think leather is. No, no, it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the most respectful way possible. It is not a gay male cis man head only space anymore. As a trans person who's non-binary, I exist in this space and I am just as welcome. If I was to fully transition on hormones and go fully trans math on the binary, I would be more welcome than I am now. Tell me how that is by some, right? It's all depending on what your history is and where you come from and what geographical area you're in. I was in Atlanta this year and literally boot blacks charge per item. I about had a heart attack. I'd never, it's culture shock. Right. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on where you're at in the United States and in the world. And I'm still learning. God, please. Please teach me. I still have so much left to learn, but more or less than anything. Post-COVID, I wanted to build something that I didn't. Mm-hmm. At all. So. And, and I and actually, that's, why, that's why I'm doing it. So. No, I, and I love that reasoning. It's it, one, one of the things that, as Don mentioned, we just taught BDSM 101. One of the things that we had in our, our notes was the term SSC, safe, sane, and consensual. Well, time goes by, that's out of favor. And now everybody likes rack and time goes by, rack's out of favor now. (laughs) And now people like prick and people are, oh no, that's so old. Now we need this new. And it's normal and reasonable for things to progress, for things to grow. There's nothing wrong with that. But the flip side of that is that there is value in tradition. There is value in letting the people that went first and did the thing to say, oh, good, you did the thing already. We don't have to reinvent it. As some... not reinventing the wheel. Right, exactly. 
as somebody who is not who does not self-identify as the model of the classic leather well leather man right because that's what our classic gay cis leather when you when you think about oh i'm going to start something new where i belong how much do you consider i want space that i belong in versus the traditional approach that is already established and allow and giving that its due i take it into account every single time because i have leathermen from all walks of life who attend my events now and i when i say that i want it to be comfortable not comfortable but i want it to be accepting mm -hmm. people like me but i would not be here without the people who came before me and that is the most important thing when people ask where did boot blacking come from i don't have the answer jesus christ you know, Britain, who I, is one of my boot blacks for our event, like, please tell me, do you know? And it's an older gay man who's been in the scene for 60 years. I hope every single time there's questions like that, there's somebody else at the table that is not me, that does not have the answer or has the answer that I don't. So I, I really try to take in consideration. And as a Marine household, my brother is, my dad was, like, I wasn't able to serve because I'm flat-footed and blind. <laughs> so as a, as a person who grew up in this house, this type of, you know, respect household, I always want to take respect and consideration into context first. So never have I ever had any older leathermen or women tell me that they weren't comfortable. <laughs> um, but just because they didn't tell me doesn't mean that they weren't. So, you know, I'm always open to feedback and always open to doing it better. But I think having a different boot black every month has been a really big thing. That's something that's not in the Dallas community. As I start my boot black internship or apprenticeship um, in January, that's a skill that I want to learn. And that's something that I have a lot of respect for. So having a lot of respect for that history that came before us and why and how. Because a lot of people have never seen a black stand. What is this? <laughs> I, try to, I try to do my best every time, but I can always do better. Well, what, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Where do you see the group that you created, um, now I have ALU, in five years? Do you want it to be running contests? Do you want it to be like, you know, a 300-person hotel takeover like some of the other leather events or something else? Honestly, Dan, we're just trying to make it to a year. <laughs> we're just trying to make it to a year. But honestly, I would hope to run a bar title because 1851 is the only one in Arlington. And plus the freaking AT&T Stadium. Like, Taylor Swift was there and yards away from me. Like... It's just one of those things. I would hope to run a bar contest, but I really hope that whoever takes it on next just really builds it to be whatever it needs to be for the community. Because as cheesy as that sounds, I have no clue. It's whatever the community needs at that point. Right mm -hmm. now we're, we're playing in a vendor fair to have some kinky vendors out that are from our community and further from Dallas. And we're doing a testing event and we're going to have like a DJ in a food truck. Right now that's what the community wanted. I'd, I'm just, I just post the events. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I just show up is what I like to say. But a bar contest would be nice. I don't really think I want to produce a convention. Sorry, South Plains. I'm good. I'll just attend and work it. You know, I just want to keep giving back. We did the AIDS fundraiser in September. I want community service to be the forefront of what we do. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the one redeeming thing that I want to. Very cool. I, I love the concept of Feed the Queers and that mm -hmm. you're modeling behavior uh, that you'd like to see the new people come into. And I hate to tell you, you, you sound, regardless of whether you like being called this or not, 
you really sound a lot like a community leader. <laughs> it's a hot mess express over here. I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> but you're getting okay. shit that's, done. And that's... that's the, my therapist said, you are the kind of people that should be running groups and running events and running mm -hmm. cons and running things like that because you do it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, okay. So I went through a really abusive marriage, came out. My husband was like, whatever. I lost everything. My community literally built me back up. This is the least that I can do, right? Without my community, I wouldn't have a bed. You know, me and my D-type, James, literally have built our home up from the ground up with mm. our community's help. And so it's one of those things. I've benefited a lot. I'm very grateful for everything that I've received. So it's one of those things. What can I do to give back? Because I have nothing else that I need because of my community. So I don't know. It's a lot of woo-woo hippie stuff but i don't know leather is where that's where my heart is hmm. leather and woo i agree that belongs in the same sentence <laughs> you're, 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 you're talking naughty to us babe. i think so i know but yeah no I'm, I'm just really excited to get to spend some more time with you guys i know we we are always just like zooming past each other exactly but uh, that's what busy people end up doing well we'll go eat the same event well i think we're the event's over now we haven't had a chance to sit down that's literally great. i'm going to um resolution in florida and literally I haven't not worked an event this year. Mm -hmm. Only event that I'm going to that I will get to rest. We and... will be doing our first one in January. So in what, 20, God, we counted like hundreds of events we've been to. This will be the first one we're not working. Second one. It'll be weird. Second one. Yeah. It's going to be weird. If it's not, if it's not Team Dungeon, it's DMing. If it's not DMing, it's setting up. Mm -hmm. Well, if, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you to... Put you to work at their dungeon or to have you come out and present about the variety of topics you present about or just ask general questions about your local area and leather how would they get a hold of you yeah so you can reach me by email at arlington leather united at gmail.com or you can find me on fat life hellfire dap is my handle um, i'm open to messages emails, whatever. You'll find me on Facebook. I'm about as out as anybody can be. So I welcome all questions and queries. Well, fantastic. Well, hang out with us for a little bit. As a matter of fact, maybe we'll run into you in Tucson, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Florida, or Ohio. Keep up with all our events, book news, discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout out like Phil. Indeed. So Head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. So, Don, you and I just got back, as we mentioned, from the, the Minnesota, the event called Naughty Revival. We have never been to such event before. No, but we did run across some people that we knew from that upper Midwest area. Yep. I got to um, play with someone that I've played with before at Kinky College. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm surprised I forgot to put this in the, the show notes. Just posted on all of our social media, our Instagram, our Facebook pages, I believe, our Discord. But I found a, a super tentacle. <laughs> it was a super, a super rainbow tentacle. I had to take. I had to wait till the event shut down because it was in the vendor room and I couldn't take a picture. So I had to wait till the event shut down and wrap my arms around it. It was almost as big as I was. But it's always <laughs> neat that we did indeed run into people that we knew, like Indelible Moments, Kazden, Sensual Ange, and good old Leather Matt, who we had to be reminded of. But we've known Leather Matt from the Ohio scene for decades. So not a revival, although there's some similarities to the events that you and I normally go to, mm -hmm. 
there were some, some significant differences. differences as well. One of the most interesting differences was that on Saturday night, they had a huge show, mm-hmm. multiple performers. I suppose burlesque is the closest animal I would call that, but... Right. Well, they had there were pole, so different pole elements dancers. as well. Yeah. So they had little like skits, sexy, sexy, naughty skits, mm-hmm. but but not like skits that we do like a title run and stuff. These were, uh, Pat, I'm going to say professional level mm-hmm. because some of yep. these that did the little thing, little burlesque moments were professionals out of Vegas and things like that. So pole dancers and the witches get was awesome and we we did decide that was our favorite yes that was our favorite so a few things like that but they had the dungeon that was around the pool so they had the pool and the hot tub Mm -hmm. they had the dungeon that was around the pool they had dj music going on in three different spots like loud dj music Loud enough for earplugs, but man, everybody was having a blast. Mm -hmm. Earplugs for us because we went to sleep early because we taught three classes. And then they had shut down the big dungeon for the show Saturday night. And, you know, just lots of different stuff. The DJs is what really made it different for me because Mm -hmm. we're not used to have, I mean, we're used to dungeon music, but not the, the DJ sort of. It, it was really cool. Yeah. And certainly some of the events we go to do have skilled DJs, but this was multiple DJs in multiple different areas to give right. each different area its own its, its own, own feel. Its own vibe, its own feel. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the things, and this is what was our first time there, one of the things that I mentioned to one of the event producers right off the bat was this was a very well put together, classy event. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I pointed out to him that kind of separates it from some of the other events you and I have been to was the fantastic signage. Oh, my God. And you, I about got wet. I mean, as an event producer, I love signs. That is one of the things that I, I look for when I go to other events. And I liked our event having signs. And I felt like we did a good job. AIS did a good job. You know, other events. But this one was phenomenal. I, I drooled. So it, not a revival. It has everything you would expect from a kink event and, and a little, little extra. I would absolutely would recommend checking that one out. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, one of the things that I also noticed while we were there is how much fun people were having. There were just smiles everywhere and people were excited to be there. So, yes, we will definitely be back. Stormy, what area, when you go to an event, what area are you mo- would I most likely find you in? Would it be either the dungeon or whatever play space or whatever the social space is? Oh, probably the social space. I'm there running my mouth every <laughs> time. I like a good vendor space because most of my friends are vending usually, but I always like finding new vendors that I've never seen. Because in Dallas, we have a few good conventions that come around and everybody's at every con's the same. Mm -hmm. Even if we travel down to Austin for Glenn, you know, everybody that's travelable distance. So when we went to sell in Atlanta, like there were so many friends that I had seen and so many that I got to make. Unfortunately, we will not be there in 2024, but I got to find some vendors that I'd never seen before. Social area and vending. That's mostly me. Yeah. And a little space. That that's actually a very interesting aspect of what I one of the differences I find in many of the kink spaces versus leather spaces or events when I think about it. It feels like the leather events 
have social space at a slightly higher priority than some of the kink events that we go to. I'm a big fan of the social space, right? You're, you're making friends, you're building community. Yeah. If I'm not in a cigar area, then where am I? Um, some of the best conversations in my life have been had in the social area, having a cigar. Be a part of the Rodic Awakening podcast community. You can support us on Patreon and get early access to the podcast, a free version of the audio book polyamory toolkit, free ebooks, exclusive chats, member-only Discord access, and other content. Find all the goodies at patreon.com slash eroticawakening today. Help others find us. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Join the conversation with us and other listeners. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for our growing Discord channel. And feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us on FetLife as Dan and Dawn. We are Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or just email us at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Dot com. The music's not long enough to get through all that platter. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Stormy. Bye, Stormy.